Welcome to the Starting Over Stronger Show, where you'll find help and hope for your divorce survival and recovery. Divorce well, live well. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Starting Over Stronger. I'm Annie Chavez, your host and certified life transition coach, family mediator, and independent paralegal. Outside of this podcast, my main role is to help people navigate the process of leaving situations that no longer serve them. That could be marriage, friendship, work, or extended family, or really any other host of difficult situations we find ourselves in. And no matter what area of our lives this affects, boundaries are often a common necessity and a solution that moves us toward a more empowered space of safety and clarity and peace. So today, let's delve into this crucial aspect of our personal development. I titled this episode, Boundaries, Navigating Life Transitions from a Space of Empowerment, because I have learned in my own life that it is absolutely pivotal for us to have boundaries in navigating life transitions, because the fact is that without them, we're very disempowered. We're not advocating for ourselves. A boundaryless life is a significant and consistent source of pain and frustration. So I am excited today and thank you for being here to explore how setting and maintaining boundaries can positively impact our difficult transitions in life. Let's start by defining boundaries and talking about why they are important. Let's just clarify what they are. Boundaries is a bit of a hot button word lately, uh, it seems like anymore. And some people have a negative connotation about what a boundary is. And then other people just have no idea what it means, uh, why it's important. So let's talk a little bit about that. Boundaries are essentially the limits that we set in our lives to protect our well-being, to preserve our energy, and to maintain healthy relationships. They're guidelines and they help to define what is acceptable and what isn't acceptable in our interactions and our relationships with ourselves and others. I like to think of boundaries uh, in the context of the analogy of a fence. When you think of it this way, it, I think it's easier to apply it in life because, you know, we all probably have or have seen a fence around a property and maybe that fence is short or maybe it's tall. Maybe you can see through it. Maybe you can't. Maybe it has a gate. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe that gate is open or maybe that gate is shut tight and locked. So there's a lot of different analogies there, but basically it all comes down to understanding that boundaries are as much about the fence as they are about the gate. And obviously a fence is designed to 
keep out the bad and keep in the good. But the gate is there as well as an invitation to come in properly. And so certainly, although boundaries are the walls uh, and the fences, they're actually also the requirement that someone who wants to enter into our space do so in a way that is proper or respectful or appropriate for our lives. And only we can say what that is. So when someone seeks our permission to enter into our space in a way that feels okay to us, that's when, you know, the gate is opened or unlocked and we show people how to use the gate appropriately. So I like that analogy because like I said, there's just so many different ways you can think about that, but certainly it comes down to protecting and keeping inside what is good and keeping what is not good outside of our space. So that's, I think, a great way to define boundaries. Now, when it comes to establishing boundaries, there's a lot that (laughs) that goes into that, certainly. As a start-to-finish divorce support professional, I work with individuals often who are navigating the major changes that go along with ending a marriage. And if there's one common denominator in that life change, it is definitely this need to understand, to implement, and to maintain boundaries. So let's talk about how setting personal boundaries can actually help to smooth out the transition and enhance our overall well-being. The way that this happens is because simply setting boundaries is just learning to advocate for yourself, using your voice, requiring people who want access to you to treat you with respect. At its core, Boundaries is just self-respect spoken out loud, and not only in words, but in actions. Boundaries are not a new concept. It's just a new word that simply describes the act of advocating for yourself, speaking up for yourself. And in the midst of any major change, especially one like divorce, death, family estrangement, redefining our faith, to name a few, it's crucial that we establish clear and healthy personal boundaries. And in order to do that, we have to start by recognizing what we need, what we value, and what we are okay and not okay with. And I think that would be a great three-part prompt in a journal if you wanted to take the time to ask yourself, what do I need? And then just journal what comes out. What do I value? What am I okay with? Or what do I want more of in my life? And then what am I not okay with? What do I need to stop allowing in my life? And you have to first understand those things about yourself before you can communicate them with any consistency to others who might be violating them. By communicating your boundaries effectively, you are creating a foundation for self-respect 
and you are ensuring that other people are aware of and are required to respect your needs. And there's no time that that is more important than when you're feeling vulnerable and you're going through a massive change in your life that's got everything shifting and off kilter. So it's an important time to learn more about boundaries. One example of a boundary that I often see in divorce is limiting the number of people that you share intimate details of the divorce with to just a small circle of supportive friends and family, maybe your therapist, maybe, you know, a best friend or two, and not putting anything else out there. And that means not on social media, not sharing details with your coworkers, not talking to anyone who has proven that their loyalty to you is not certain. And certainly anyone who shames you or makes you feel badly in any way about the divorce or about any aspect of the divorce. Those people are not safe people and a good boundary when dealing with unsafe people during divorce or any other difficult life transition is to stop opening yourself up to them. No one is owed details about your life. And you're not being inauthentic by not sharing details of your divorce. Really only a very small number of people have any reason to know anything more than the fact that it's happening. And maybe not even that. So that's one example of a boundary that someone might set. And the reason that they might set that is because they've done that exploration to understand what it is they need, what it is they value, and what it is that they're not okay with. And they've come to the realization that by sharing too much information with too many people, they're starting to feel too exposed. And they're opening themselves up to shame producing behavior from other people and simply by withdrawing that information from the wrong people they are protecting themselves from those kinds of actions and they are giving themselves what they need they need peace they need safety they value peace and safety and they're not okay with anyone who violates that And that is 100% okay, always, to define what you need, what you value, and what you're not okay with. So those are some good exercises to consider as you might be thinking about what kind of boundaries are important for you and your difficult life transition right now. And here are some other good journal prompts that you might want to explore over the next days and weeks. And I would encourage you to write these down and really let your heart and the pen do the talking for you to answer them deeply and thoroughly. And I will tell you as a big proponent of journaling that it is often hard for some people to make themselves do this. It is an exercise that I would say the minority of people actually do on a regular basis. And it's so powerful. Like you don't even know how powerful it is until you make yourself do it. So get a blank piece of paper and a pen and just give it a try. I find that the best way to do journaling is to ask yourself a question 
And then to just sit with that question. So write the question at the top of the page and then just sit there and allow the answers to come and write them down as they do. And you will oftentimes, I believe, be very surprised and impressed with how your brain downloads information in this way. So uh, definitely give it a try if you haven't recently or if you never have. And here are some of the questions that I would propose that you start with when you're thinking about boundaries. The first one is, what do I need as I make this major life change? You don't have to write major life change. You can write as I divorce or as I end this relationship or as I change jobs or whatever the major change is for you. Explore what you need. And then secondly, what do you want? Those might be the same and they might be slightly different. What are my highest values that I need to honor? This is going to be something that's like at the core of your life. Like if you value honesty, then explore more. What does that mean? If I value honesty, who do I need to be honest with? What do I need to be honest about? And so, you know, really exploring your highest values and how those pertain to this specific situation. And then what are my limits? Where do I need to draw a line? How do I draw these lines? These are just some of the very most basic questions that you might be wanting to explore. I say basic because, you know, we're just talking about simple need, want, and value. But at the same time, they're very deep. They're not simple at all. When we get down to our core of who we are, we're tapping into some great depth. So it's definitely not an easy thing to do, but it is very revealing, I think, when we sit down and really explore these things in writing. And if you're worried about someone reading it, you can destroy it after you get done writing it. You know, you don't have to save it. It's just the act of getting it out and the pen and paper really does facilitate that. So I hope you'll explore some journaling soon on uh, understanding more about what you need and want and value. And then uh, as you step into starting to create some boundaries in your relationships, just be aware that they will have a great impact. There's not a relationship that doesn't need boundaries and that isn't improved by boundaries, except those which need to end. And when you communicate boundaries within a relationship where maybe there haven't been boundaries before, you will very quickly find out whether or not that relationship can withstand you not being in a position where you feel like you are being taken advantage of, used or abused or whatever the situation, you aren't feeling good about it. And so you set a boundary and either it will improve the relationship or it will reveal that the relationship is not sustainable with healthy boundaries. And either of those is a win for you. It's just maybe not what you want. (laughs) 
and that can be very hard to wrap your head around, but it is something that is still for your good and for your best life. So I think boundaries are always a great way to strengthen or define our relationships, especially during times of change. And almost without exception, our relationships are always shifting, just as we are always shifting. It's essential to communicate openly with those that you love about your changing needs and expectations. This might involve setting boundaries around your time, around your emotional capacity, or around the type of support that you require. Healthy communication ensures that we're all on the same page. And really, that's what boundaries are about, is trying to get on the same page with someone. But of course, that requires that you're both willing and interested in doing that. So just know that, you know, by setting a boundary, you're stepping up to the plate, trying to refine or define or improve the health of the relationship, but you can't get the other person to step up to the plate. That's up to them to do. So boundaries are always about you. Boundaries are not to get other people to do something different, although sometimes in our ignorance of the issue or just in the heart of the matter. That is kind of how we approach it sometimes because we want something so much. We will set a boundary with the intention that it's going to make the other person do something different. But the reality is that the best way to approach a boundary is from a space of what it can do for you, not what it can do for the other person. And when you do that, you will see much more success with your boundary setting because you're always in control of what you think, say, and feel. And you're never in control of what someone else thinks or says or feels. So when you do something to get a response from someone else, you're asking for disappointment or frustration. But when you do it to advocate for yourself, you always win because you always get to decide how you're going to think or feel about that new boundaries. Just some thoughts of mine on the motive that really should exist behind our boundary setting. And of course, we sometimes need boundaries in our professional relationships as well, not just in our personal relationships. Um, When we set boundaries in our professional lives, it is to help us to maintain balance and well-being at work. Uh, Certainly, that can mean uh, setting clear expectations with our colleagues, uh, with our clients, um, with our employers, and it's crucial. This involves a lot of different aspects of our work life. It could mean um, that we negotiate realistic deadlines. It could mean that we communicate clearly what our availability is. It could mean being transport, 
transparent about the support that we need. Uh, if we don't feel like we've been properly trained in some aspect of our job, we have to clearly communicate that. And if we aren't going to answer text messages or phone calls after a certain hour or on certain days of the week, we can clearly communicate these boundaries to one another. And we can do this while maintaining professionalism. It's not wrong to establish boundaries. And in fact, if you come upon a coworker or a supervisor who feels otherwise, that kind of lets you know that you might be in a bit of a toxic situation because uh, in a healthy professional atmosphere, no one is going to misuse your time uh, or, you know, treat you in any way differently because you, you know, advocate for yourself with regard to your time and, and what you require to do your job well. So don't feel like you're being unprofessional by communicating these boundaries at work, just obviously, you know, approaching them with tact and finding the right time and making sure that you're clear on exactly what it is that you need, what it is that you want, what it is that you value, and what it is that you're not okay with. Those are the kind of four common pillars of defining your boundaries. And that goes for any place, personal or professional. There are some common challenges that we all come upon when we start to set boundaries or set new boundaries. And of course, with every challenge, there is a solution. And so let's talk a little bit about what some of these common challenges are that we face when we set and maintain boundaries. And then we can talk about how to solve those because we don't want to get so frustrated with these challenges that we think the boundaries aren't meant to be. The boundary isn't the problem, but the challenge can be resolved. So let's talk a little bit about what that looks like. I would say first and foremost, when I'm setting boundaries in my own life and with my clients who are doing this, the most common frustration and challenge is that people who have been benefiting from you not having a boundary are going to protest and punish you when you start setting boundaries. These are called boundary busters. And there's an earlier episode that talks about how to deal with the boundary busters in our life. So if this is a prevalent concern of yours, go back and find that episode and listen to that as well, because it really gets into how to deal with people who do not respect your boundaries. But certainly, let's talk just a little bit about that. And I would say, you know, the most important thing with regard to this is consistency. And so as we go through the rest of these challenges, we'll talk a little bit about how that all kind of comes together. So another challenge that you will most likely face in setting boundaries is that you'll feel guilty. You'll feel like you're being mean or unloving, or unkind. And in fact, those boundary busters in your life will straight up tell you that you are being mean, and unkind, and that the way you're treating them is not love. And so you just have to know that that is not true. And another common challenge is that you are going to waver, you're going to 
relax the boundary because it gets easy or because it gets hard and it would be easier to just let the boundary go. And you will probably do this more than once. And then you'll have to reset that boundary, kind of starting over again with the boundary. And you'll do this more than once. You'll do this many times with many different people in many different situations. You might feel like you're a boundary expert and you know everything there is to know at boundaries. You've gotten really good at it. And then a situation will come along that will surprise you and make you realize that you've relaxed your boundaries again and you have to start all over again with that. So just know that it is a fluid and ever-changing reality in our lives when we start understanding the concept of boundaries and applying them in our lives. It's ever-changing. So be gracious with yourself about that. The fact is that even well-meaning people or who just don't know that much about boundaries will question your resolve. And so if you're already questioning your resolve and wavering back and forth in setting a boundary or not, certainly people who stand to benefit from you not having that boundary are going to question your resolve as well. So there is a little bit of a push and pull that goes along with this. And the best thing for you to do is just to be in a constant state of curiosity about what this boundary means to you and how important it is in your life and how you plan to execute it. And just trusting that you can take those steps to advocate for yourself, even if you let it slip and you have to go back again and start over, that you, you know, understand why it's valuable and you understand that you can overcome these challenges. So, you know, when we think about the fear of disappointing others or the guilt or the resistance that we might get from those around us, It's obviously important for us to bear in mind at all times that setting boundaries is an act of self-care. It's not selfishness. And as we think about that, there are strategies and solutions that we can use to overcome the challenges of disappointing and frustrating others and the guilt and resistance that we encounter. And just a few of those, I'll start with uh, practicing self-compassion. Go easy on yourself. You're learning a new skill. You are not going to do it perfectly from the start. And in fact, as I said before, you could do it really good for a really long time and then it slips. So you always have to be compassionate with yourself about boundaries and just trust that it's always ever-changing and all you can do today is all you can do today. So just trust that, you know, you can speak up and set a boundary even when you maybe have let them slip for a while and that's perfectly okay. Assertive communication is another strategy that will help you in overcoming the challenges that you face as you set new boundaries. I really like the Bill Eddy book, Biff, That's B as in boy, I-F-F, and BIF stands for brief, informative, friendly, and firm, 
And in this book, Bill Eddy explains what assertive communication looks like in the context of divorce with a difficult personality. However, it's great information for anybody, but certainly uh, just, you know, at the core, when you communicate with assertiveness, that's not aggressive, that's assertive. Assertive is brief. It means we don't go into long diatribes of why we're say, setting this boundary. We don't send paragraphs, long texts to someone. We are brief. We have thought enough about this to be able to summarize it in a single sentence. And we, we remain brief. We don't ramble on about, you know, why we think this should be this way and how we came to this conclusion and, and, you know, any defensive behaviors of, you know, why we're not going to tolerate being treated this way. Things like that just get lost in the weeds and really just bring about more of the negative communication that you're trying to get away from by setting the boundary. So keep it brief, uh, keep it informative. And, and informative just means I'm going to provide the very basic information that is necessary to communicate this boundary. Informative also means it's not emotional. Informative means it is a statement of fact or of the facts as we see them, but it is not an emotional exchange. And friendly is the third requirement for Biff language. And friendly just means we're not going to be rude. Friendly simply means cordial. Certainly, there are pleases and thank yous that go along with our everyday communication, even with perfect strangers in the public sector. And that's really what being friendly is all about. And that is a powerful technique, especially when you're dealing with someone who is a boundary buster. Just keep it cordial. And firm means you don't waver and you don't explain and you don't try to rationalize. It's not up for discussion. That's the best way to think about firm. I'm not asking your permission to have this boundary. I'm letting you know that I have implemented this boundary in my life. And how you respond to that is entirely up to you. But I'm just communicating what I'm doing for me. At the heart, Biff is assertive communication. It's sometimes called gray rock. Uh, other organizations or coaches might call it yellow rock uh, simply because it's not cold like a gray rock would be. It is friendly. It's cordial. But it is very brief, informative, friendly, and firm. It's assertive and it will make a difference and it won't necessarily make a difference the first time you do it, but if you do it consistently, it will change the pattern of communication between you and your difficult person. And then the third and final strategy for overcoming the challenges that arise as you learn how to set boundaries is to seek the support you need from a coach or a trusted friend who's up to the task. You have to know who you can trust. 
you have to have someone in your corner who has clearly indicated to you that they want to be in your corner and they want to be your support person. Sometimes you have a friend that is that. Other times a friend doesn't want to be that support person. They want you to have a coach or a therapist. They want to be your friend, but they don't want to be your coach or your therapist. And that's an important differentiation that you should make with your friends. But certainly you want to have someone or a few someones that can help you as you continue to navigate boundaries and and understand where it's working and where it's not and all the things that go along with learning to become a stronger boundary setter. So definitely find that trusted person or people. As we come to a close for today's episode, I want to zero in on some practical tips that you as listeners can use as you learn how to set and maintain healthy boundaries during your difficult life transitions. Let's start with number one. We'll have four tips here. Number one is self-reflection. We've talked about it. Remember, we talked about writing that question at the top of the page and allowing the pen and your brain to show you the way. So take some time to identify your needs and your priorities, ideally in a journal. Certainly you can do this um, verbally with yourself as well. When you're driving down the road, turn off the radio and have a conversation with yourself. That works too. But journaling in some way really helps you to reflect on what you need and what is important to you. And that is crucial to being a good boundary setter. Number two, clear communication. You have to express your boundaries assertively and respectfully. You have to give what you want to get. So you don't want to express your boundaries aggressively or disrespectfully. And using BIF communication will really help you in this clarity that you're looking for. And then number three, consistency. It's kind of hard to say consistency as a tip for boundary setting, knowing that you're going to struggle with that because everyone does, but do work toward being consistent and enforcing your boundaries because this builds trust. When you tell someone, I'm going to do X, and then they push back and you don't do X, you do Y instead, that causes that person to lose trust in your boundary. So when you mess up, just get back on the horse. Don't even beat yourself up about it or argue with that person about it. Just say, yeah, you're right. I let that boundary go. I'm going to work on being more consistent. And the more consistent you are in enforcing your boundaries, the more trust exists of your boundaries, not just for you, but of the people that you're setting boundaries with. They will learn to trust your boundaries and you will get to see if they're willing to live in a healthy way with you with those boundaries in place. And number four, self-compassion. Recognize that setting boundaries is a form of self-care. It's not selfish. Even if people tell you that you're being selfish, you're not. 
And so don't berate yourself for doing these things and for setting these boundaries and don't allow others to do it either. Don't even allow the imperfections in the process to make you feel badly about yourself. Even the most skilled boundary setters are in a state of constant learning. So be compassionate with yourself. So number one, reflect to communicate three, be consistent and four, be compassionate with yourself. Thank you so much for joining me again today on the Starting Over Stronger podcast. Remember, boundaries are powerful tools in navigating life transition. By setting and maintaining them, you are empowering yourself to live positively through difficult changes. If you find this episode valuable, Please subscribe, rate, and leave a review and share this episode on your social media so others can benefit from it as well. Until next time, take care, keep setting and learning more about your boundaries, and join us again soon for more tips, tricks, and mindset shifts as you are starting over stronger.